word of God, different perspectives. And today I want you to show you from the sonship point of view, from the leader point of view, if that's okay tonight. Is that okay? Amen. Amen. So you and I can understand that, that when I put this together many years ago, it was a purpose why I did this because I've seen if, if I was going to be successful as a leader, I needed to obtain the heart of my pastor. And so I, I put this together and, and, and I've been doing it for many years, been teaching it for many years, doing, doing a lot of different seminars with it, a lot of different conferences with it. And so it was an honor to be with you guys today to do this with you today because I know if you allow it to penetrate you, touch you, then you'll see God do something great inside your life. And somebody say amen. amen. So if you have your Bible, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 14, 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6. The Bible says, And Jonathan said to the young man that bore his armor, Come, let us go over into the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint for the Lord to save by many or by few. And his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in thy heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Father, thank you again, God, for your word. I pray that you would just bless your word, God, bless your people. Speak to us, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. I want you to see this tonight, that pastors are looking for men and women that are with them in the vision. Men and women that are with them in the vision of the church and in the needs of the vision. Because how many know that there's needs in the vision? There's needs in the vision that God places in the man of God. See, we have to, as leaders, now listen carefully, obtain the heart of our pastor to function in our leadership duties. There is duties that we have as leaders. There's responsibilities that we have as leaders. And if we're gonna fulfill them the way we should or the way God wants us to, then we need to understand the heart of our pastor. Amen. We are serving under that pastor, so whatever pastor you are serving under, you need to understand his heart. See, the word obtain, somebody say obtain. See, the word obtain means this, to get something and hold on for my benefit. Someone say, for my benefit. benefit. Webster says it like this, to hold on to, to possess, to gain, or to succeed, to be established. Listen carefully. In other words, it's my, it's, it benefits me if I obtain the heart of my pastor. Someone say, it benefits me. It benefits me. Now here the armor bearer of Jonathan tells him, Jonathan, I will follow you. I will do what you want me to do, but I want to do what's in your heart. He says heart twice because he didn't want to do his own thing. He wanted to do what was in the heart of his pastor. Can someone say amen? See, now the heart means this, guys. It's the emotional place. It's where compassion flows through. Love, affections. And it's the innermost part. Wow. And feelings. The most vital part of something. Everybody with me so far? The heart is the innermost the place where affection flows, love flows, compassion flows. There was on, the, on a doctor journal last year that in Texas, they first made the first man with no heart. Before, listen carefully, you didn't have a heart, you ain't gonna live. The purpose of the heart was simply to pump the blood through the body. They made a certain thing that's not a heart. Not even, it's a certain thing that causes the blood just to flow. So this man don't have a heartbeat. And when you look at the picture of that guy, that guy looks like death. That's what you call a walking zombie, the walking dead. That's what you look like, the walking dead. He looked like, uh. and I looked at that picture, I said, man, that freaked me out. And so what I'm telling you, is that, that you and I need to understand 
that we need to obtain the heart of our pastor. Someone say amen. amen. In other words, it's not about what we're doing, listen carefully, but about what we're catching. A lot of people are doing, 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 but they're not really catching or obtaining the heart of their pastor. You might be good at certain things, but you don't have your pastor's heart. If you catch the heart of your pastor, then you obtained it all. We're going to get into some stuff right now. I just need to just slowly take it easier right now. That's why the armor bearer, listen carefully, says the heart twice. Because he wanted to do what was in the heart of Jonathan, his pastor, his leader. He said, I want to do what's inside your heart, Jonathan. I know what I would do if I went up that way, but what would you do? What's in your heart? Listen carefully. When you begin to know the heart of your pastor, you find out his dislikes and his likes in ministry. You'll know that he don't like that song, so why you play that song? Let me know what I'm talking about. You know he don't like the restrooms dirty, then why are they dirty? You know... You know. You know. You know. So if you don't know it, you want to know it later. You begin to find out his, his dislikes and his likes. My pastor, I, I know what he likes and what he doesn't like. I know he likes his coffee with two, with, with, with two, with two sugars. I know his shoe size. I, I know what kind of shoes he likes, what, what shirts he likes. I know what he doesn't like. I know, I know he don't like eggs, but if he does, he will eat scrambled eggs. To you, it might be nothing, but to me, it's everything. I've been, my, I've been with my pastor for 24 years. I know, amen, uh, how he runs ministry and how he likes ministry. I know, amen, uh, what he, how he would like certain things done at conference. I know how he would like certain things done in the home and the women's home, men's home. I begin to like, I don't understand his likes and this, that way because I get to begin to understand his heart and obtain his heart. Everybody with me so far? So when you begin to get the heart of your pastor, you begin to understand his dislikes and like as a leader. How things should look be and how they should be in the church. What he would say to problems in the church. How many have ever had a problem arise in the church? And because you're, you're getting to learn your pastor, you know what he would do. Okay, he would do this. He would do this. He would do this. Because why? Because you're learning, you're grasping the heart of your pastor. We have to remember that our pastor has seen things and done things and have been in places we've never been in ministry. Our pastor has, has, has done so many things. So what's inside of our heart? So what's inside his heart? We must, some say, obtain we must obtain, some say, as leaders. As leaders, as leaders uh, to take the ministry we are taking care of further. Now listen to what I'm saying to you. I'm not saying they're above God. We're not talking about that. Jesus is your savior. Amen. Your pastor didn't save you. He didn't deliver you, but he put up with you. I tell people, we don't understand that, that we're going to get into some things right now, but, but I just want you to understand that, that, that I'm talking to you guys as leaders right now. So if you ain't a leader right now, then we're going to put this in the back burner because this is going to help you later. But if you are a leader, then you should grab a hold of this and obtain this for your success. Why do you want to be doing what pastor down the street wants you to do when you ain't going to the pastor down the street? Well, we used to do it like this over there. Well, you ain't over there no more. Listen to this really quick. So when you obtain the heart of your pastor, you are establishing yourself to succeed as a leader. You're establishing yourself to succeed. But there are certain things that fight against obtaining the heart of the pastor. Someone say fight. fight. And the word fight means this in Hebrew, to oppose, 
to strive by blows, to attempt to prevent the success of achievement. So when something fights against you, it's trying to stop you from succeeding and being effective. And so you're gonna have to fight certain things that arise against you. You're gonna have to fight them. Your pastor can't fight them from you. He can't fight your battles. You went in the school, in the, in the school, what do you call it, schoolyard. You're gonna have to fight your own battle. There's things that are gonna rise up and you're gonna have to learn to fight them yourself. See, one of the first things that, that I want you to understand that fights against obtaining the heart of the pastor reveals itself only to its friends. So something that arrives against you, 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 will be your friend. Listen to what I'm gonna say. In other words, it says things like this. I don't follow the pastor. I follow God. I'm not here to please the pastor. I'm here to please God. Or the famous one. God called me, not man. See, these things revealed itself to his friends or to people that it gets comfortable with. That's why leaders, I tell you, if you fall in love with people and get comfortable with them, they will mess up your relationship with your pastor. If you hyper secrets from your pastor, they will end up blowing up in your face. Now, again, don't misunderstand me. I'm, I'm, I told you again, I'm talking to you as leaders. Not as babies, not as newborn Christians, not as new believers, but I'm talking to you as leaders. This is a leadership. Some say leadership. leadership. Again, pastors are not before God but they are the shepherds that are placed before you. Yes, we obtain the heart of God. Yes, we get the heart of God, but we should learn how to obtain the heart of our pastor too. Amen? But you will, you will have to fight against different things in your leadership position. You know that? You're gonna be fighting against certain things in your leadership position. Look at these things you fight are nothing new. Everybody will go through these things, but it's up to you to fight them. I remember taking uh, one of these, my pastor one time to the airport. I was the home director. I was probably the home director for about five years, and, and I'm taking this pastor to the, to the airport. I had to fight this pastor. It was my fight, not my pastor's fight. I took this pastor, and, and all of a sudden he tells me, hey, man, he says, uh, I'll, 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 if you come and be my home director... I, I, I got a house for you. I have a, a steady job for you. I, I got a, 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 you know, you, you, you can be one of my pastors there also. Uh, um, I'll take care of you financially. You have no problems. Now, when he said that, you know, he's lying. No problems. You know, that's a lie. He pulled out 500 bucks and gave me $500. I, I took the money, praise the Lord. But then I go to my pastor and I tell my pastor, hey, pastor, here's 250 bucks. He says, what happened? Well, your friend gave me 500 bucks. So I'm going to split the money with you. We're going to go half and half. Hello, somebody. Then to let you know, he tried to steal me. And I told him, no way, Jose. I tell him, you lying devil, you proselyte. You proselyte and I ain't no prostitute. I'm not for sale. And I ain't about to sell out. But that was my fight. Someone say, my fight. my fight. That was my fight. I had to stand up for myself. I had to speak. My pastor couldn't speak for me. Because if he would have spoke for me and not me have that heart. So you'll find out what type of person you are when you get challenged like this. When you're out there fundraising, hey, why don't you come and work for me? You'll find out who you are. You'll see a lot of guys leave because they didn't have your heart, Pastor. You think I didn't? I got offered, man, jobs. I'm all over the world. 
all over the place. I got off my own fault. My, step, my stepdad offered me a job. He told me, you'll be supervisor of this and this. I'll give you your own truck. I'll take you do this and you do that. Just come back and work for me. I said, I've never worked a day in my life and you want me to work for you? Only thing I know how to fix is a fix. Hello, somebody. Catch that, amen. I was saved for about a year. I was sober and cleaned up for a year and and I, I, he had told me that, and I talked to him. I said, you know what? No, it's good. And I told, I told my pastor, hey, man, my own, my, own, my own blood tried to take me. And I said, no, it's all, it's all good. I want my desire, my calling. I desired my passion. I, I desire my, what God has for me. Your calling must be more important than you. If your calling is not more important than you, then you won't care less about your calling. When you're in leadership, your calling must be more important than anything else, guys. I'm telling you. So I'm telling you, I face some fights. I can go on and go on about a lot of different fights that I had to fight. People speaking up the same things and I had to sit there and fight. No, it ain't going to happen. Not on my watch. Go to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19. The Bible says, so he departed from there. And found Elisha, the son of Shephat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the 12. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he let the oxen, excuse me, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and mother and then I will follow, then I will follow, then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again, for what have I done to you? Look at verse 21. So Elisha turned back from him and took the yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen equipment and gave it to the people and they ate and they arose and he followed Elijah and became his servant. Someone say servant. Sure. Became his servant, church. Listen to this very quickly. As, as leaders, we have to understand the concept here with Elisha and Elijah. Elijah approached Elisha by throwing his mantle on him. You with me? Then at the end of Elisha's discipleship, his, his training, his, his, his development, he picked up his mantle and moved on to his ministry. Now listen carefully. The mantle that we look at, it, it's the mantle in, in, had a hole. It's, it's, like, it's like a rag. And it has a, like a poncho. So they wear it under all their clothing. That piece goes over them like this. And the mantle sits over them and they put everything else on top of it. This is how they have that mantle on them. I remember seeing a poncho before. That's what a real mantle looks like. I have a mantle in my, my church right there. That's when the, 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 the um, what's his name? Lord have mercy. The, uh, what's his name that comes to my church and brings me all that stuff from Israel? The rabbi, the rabbi. Thank you, blanked out right there. This rabbi that's all over all the churches, all the, all the other synagogues, he came and he brought me a mantle. He was, and he brought me a mantle, and I did a whole series on the mantle. And just to see how the mantle was and see the purpose of it. I can go, I can go a long time with that, but I just wanted to show you how it's not what we, we think it is. And so he picked up that mantle that was thrown. He, he, Elijah literally had to take off some clothing to get that mantle off him. It took some work. It takes work to pass him. It takes work to pass a mantle. Pastors, it takes work to pass mantles onto your sons. As much as we want great sons, we need great fathers to father the sons. So when fathers don't do their job, then we wonder why we have sons that are all weird. I've had some weirdos. Where's Waldo? I have some, where's Waldo's at? That one's for free, amen. So, what I'm telling you is that we're doing this leadership conference for a purpose. I'm going to say a purpose. purpose. We're throwing it at you. We're flinging it to you. 
We're teaching it to you, but it's up to you to catch it. Someone say catch it. It's up to you to catch it. See, it's up to you tonight to catch it. It's up to you to catch it. That's it. Come on. Don't just look at get back and pick it up. Hallelujah. It's up to you to catch it. Come on, my man. It's, it's up to you to catch it. So we could be throwing it at you, throwing it at you, and you'd be like, oh, boom. Some not even, see, he, he reached for it. Some just looked at it. Some of this preaching right now, you're just like, huh. I don't know who he thinks he is. And then some just reaching out of their comfort zone, getting out of your chair, getting out of your stinking thinking. Come on, somebody. I can only give you it. It's up to you to catch it. It's not what you're taught. It's what you're caught. Some say, I want to catch it. You got to want to catch it. See, I want to bring out to you how Elisha flowed and followed Elijah and how he grew into a great man of God. Because he followed, he grew great. Hmm. You see, before you can become an Elijah, you have to learn to flow and follow like an Elisha. Everybody wants the anointing of Elijah, but don't want to follow like an Elisha. At the same, someone said the same. At the same time as Elisha was following Elijah, he was learning the ropes of ministry by simply, simple, simply, simple, simply following. My God. The way he learned to be a great leader was by following. Someone say following. following. He was learning how to be great. He was learning how to be effective. He was learning how to obtain. He was learning all these things by someone say by following. You see, before you can become a great leader of a ministry, you have to learn how to follow. It's very important, guys. Very important. How you know sometimes? How many of you know that sometimes people don't just don't follow instructions? How many ever got something and you had instructions to follow, and all of a sudden you couldn't put it together regardless how much you try to follow the instructions? Because sometimes we're not good at following instructions. It can be simple. The instruction says go straight, make a right, and then a left. For some reason, you'll make a left and a left. It was just like this guy who, who got up in the morning and, 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 and he walked down the street and he, and he made a left and he fell in the hole and he got mad. You dumb hole. And he gets back up. The next morning he gets up again and he walks down the street and makes a left and falls in the hole again. And he gets mad because he yelled at the hole with a pot on the ground and he's yelling. He gets up again the next morning. And he gets up and he decides, how about if I just make a Right. How about if I just start doing things right? How about if I just start following right? I'll stop falling into the pits. I'll stop falling and getting myself into trouble. Amen. Church, leaders, I want to bring out a few aspects that will help you become everything God wants you to be as a leader. Number one, number one. What did Elisha do to, be, to obtain the heart of his pastor? Number one, if we're going to obtain the heart of our pastor, we need to get rid of the independent spirit. Elisha got rid of his independent spirit. Look at, verse, look at verse 21 of verse 19. Verse 21, verse 19 of 1 Kings says this. So he departed from there, found Elisha, the son, what verse was it? No, verse 21, I'm sorry, verse 21. So Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the, the oxen equipment and gave it to the people. Now listen carefully. The independent spirit 
is not subject to spiritual authority. It's, someone say self-govern. It's self-govern. It's a selfish spirit. It refuses to accept help. It always knows what it's doing. It doesn't, doesn't like guidance. Someone say guidance. And always knows it's right. Wow. Have I missed anybody yet? Okay, here we go. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, the independent spirit also starts feeling equal with the pastor. All of a sudden, it starts feeling equal with the pastor. It always wants to do things its way and never asks for permission. Listen to what I'm going to say. Always thinks its way works better. Doing things, someone say, their way. A lot of us, we get saved, guys. We get into ministry and never really deal with this issue. How many know we all have issues? Some are worse than others. Some issues hide very well until we're dealt with. Then the real you stands up. See, listen carefully. The independent spirit, it will stop us from following the man of God. It will keep us still doing the same thing over and over again. Look, at Elisha knew that. That's why he destroyed the very thing that would destroy him. See, the equipment and the oxen represents the independent spirit. Listen to what I'm saying. The equipment and the oxen represent an independent spirit. Elisha knew that the bondage of these things, and so he knew he had to slaughter them. Somebody say slaughter them. We, we need to understand that he dealt with this independent spirit. This is what I'm going to tell you right now. We know when we are under the independent spirit. How many know when you're under? You know when you're, you're functioning on that independent spirit. Because it refuses to accept help. Listen to what I'm going to see next. How many here have ever refused to listen to your pastor when he told you something? Yeah, the rest of you guys are lying. Praise the Lord. Or he'll give you advice. And you still don't take it. Pastor, well, I just want to know what do you think about this? And he'll tell you, and you still don't listen. Or you know people who've done that and paid for it. Wow. I'm telling you today that Elisha knew that if he didn't get rid of those oxen and that equipment, he always had something to go back to. That, that, that equipment represented the independence. He, he, he was a businessman and he depended on those equipment. He depended, his livelihood was on that. He said, I got to destroy that because if I don't destroy this independent spirit, it will destroy me. He had to destroy the very thing that was going to limit his ministry. He had to destroy the very thing that was going to limit his leadership potential. He had to understand that he had to get rid of this because eventually he might become a pastor one day. And if he don't deal with it, he's going to be a pastor that's a son that's independent. I know a lot of independent sons that are pastoring. And they say they're sons, but they are very independent. I've had sons that I've sent out that are very independent. And all of a sudden, they end up disappearing. Because that independent spirit, it will take you out. Elijah says, no, before it takes me out, I'm gonna take it out. Come on, somebody. I'm gonna get it out of my life. Come on. I, I, See, it can't and will not have its way, that independent spirit. Because it will stop us from attaining the heart of the pastor. That, 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 that spirit will stop you. It'll be like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I love my pastor, but you know, uh, I'm good. Then you shouldn't have no business being in leadership. You can be a helper, you can be a worker, you can be a volunteer. But how dare you lead the sheep 
as a sheepdog, that's a whole different sermon right there. Mm -hmm. I'm the best sheepdog you ever going to see. I'm a, I love being a sheepdog for my pastor. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. I said, because you know that a sheepdog, a shepherd grabs a hold of one dog and he raises from a pup. Takes care of him, helps him, loves on him. And that pup helps him, grows up and helps him with the sheep. See, all of us here leaders, we have a purpose in this house. We have a purpose. Why God's grooming you and preparing you. Why your pastor's been feeding you. Why he's been speaking to you. Why he's counseling you. Why he's talked to you. Why he's imparting to you. He's saying, I, I need you to help me lead the sheep. I, I stop being a wolf and be a sheep. My pastor told me one time, Edgy, stop beating the sheep. Help me feed the sheep. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you, I was messed up, guys. I don't even know why he believed in me. I didn't believe in myself. I would have threw myself out of the home. That was for free. Amen. We need to get rid of that. We need to get rid of the independent spirit. Let me move for the sake of time. Move on to number two. If we're going to obtain the heart of the pastor, we have to watch out with other people's input. Other people's input. You have to watch out with other people speak into your life. Second Kings chapter two, verse two says these words. And the son of the prophets that were there at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord would take away your master from you, over you today? And he says, yes, I know. Keep silent. Listen carefully what I'm gonna say. It doesn't matter what people say about your pastor and the ministry. People are gonna talk. People love to talk. Especially gossipers, my God. And especially people who just are twisted. We have to, someone say, refuse. We have to refuse to hear what other people say. Listen to what I'm going to say. Elisha told the prophets, shut up! Kayate. He said, in other words, See, if I yell, it has a, it, it, this, this, this mic has a sensor to stop. But if I talk very slow into it, I can make it loud. You know that, right? It's one of these sensor mics. I, I hate these mics. I miss on my throat all the time. That's for free. Here we go. <clears throat> I refuse to accept it. That's what he's saying. I'm, I'm refusing to accept what you're trying to tell me. See, these type of people... They were these guys, let me even tell you as much. These guys were prophets. You gotta watch out with these prophets sometimes. Not all prophets. Not all prophets believe. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get back to that. I just gotta be, hold on, just, I gotta, I gotta be this real quick. I'm gonna get it. Don't I'll get there. Hold on. These were prophets that were talking madness. In fact, it was a whole school of prophets. I've met some prophets, man. I've had a prophet prophesy to me one time. I said, you better just stop there, bro. It, it ain't gonna happen. In front of all big, it was a big crowd. I said, nope, stop. You're prophet line. Because what you're saying does not link up to what I'm doing. I, didn't, he, he, I wasn't gonna allow that to dishonor my pastor nor dishonor me. Because what he was saying was, God spoke to me that you were going to come under our ministry. I said, no, I'm not. Uh, to the no, to the no, no. Hey, uh-uh, the devil done lie to you. They were trying to suck me in with the word from God. Now, I'm going to give you some, something. Leaders, if you're a leader in the church, raise your hand. If you're a leader in the church, raise your hand. Leader in the church, raise your hand. All you guys, chapter 13 of 1 Kings. You write that down, 1 Kings chapter 13, read that. Talks about not now, just don't write it now. Don't tell me to read it. No, I want you to read it. Three things in there the, the innocent prophet, the stubborn king, and the, and, and, the, and, the, and the old prophet. There's three things, but that's what you guys just want you to look at. That. I want you to read that. When you don't listen, you're going to miss out on a lot of great things. 
There's a, there's a lot of false prophets there that, that are ruined great young innocent leaders. A lot of stubborn leaders out there, stubborn kings that are, that are out there. That's a whole different sermon, but I need, I, I need you to, I want you guys to read that. Read it, 1 Kings chapter 13. You read it, let God speak to you, okay? That's, for, that's, a Christian, that's a Christian commercial. Here we go. Where were we at? Okay, get ready with that video for me really quick, please. I got a video for you guys to watch. I want you to understand here that, that these prophets were talking all this madness. We have to watch who we listen to. Because not everybody wants the pastor's heart. You with me? We have to learn from Elisha as leaders not to let other people's input affect us from following. We have to be led by the voice of our pastor. He is our shepherd and his sheep know his voice. Play that for me. Come on, somebody. Come on, amen. Thank you. Do you see the response of those sheep? When the father, the shepherd, begin to speak, their heads popped up. Is that my papa? Is that my pastor? Is that my shepherd? Their heads are, your heads are, he's going, boop, 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 boop. And while he began to speak, they heard his voice. They, well, they heard his voice. They began to draw near to that voice. Now, now you need to understand. Go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Everybody okay? Amen. Amen. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. I want you to see that because visually, look at that. People out there, because people always try to speak into your life. And you have to watch out what's being spoken into you. I'm going to get into a few more things about that in a little bit. 1 John chapter 10. Excuse me, no, excuse me. John chapter 10, verse 1. It says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens. And the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him. For they know his what? Voice. Look at verse 5. Yet they would be no means following a stranger but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of a stranger. Jesus uses illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. My God, the disciples that he's telling couldn't catch it. This is Jesus talking to them. I even mean, though sometimes 
we miss it. Your pastor can be preaching to you and preaching to you and you miss it. How, how many know what I'm talking about? And, and all of a sudden someone else come and, and preach the same thing. Oh, pastor, that's what you meant. That's the way the disciples were all these years, everything passed by. That's what I love when pastors come that are with me and behind me and backing me up. When they come and minister to the church, listen to what I'm telling you, and they're supporting and they're behind the man of God. You'll hear it in their voice. You're with me so far. But there's others that are not, and they will try to rob you and pollute you. Listen what it says. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Let me tell you something, if I can, leaders. Don't let people blow smoke in your face. Smoke doesn't let you see clear. Some people, some leaders, or some, excuse me, people come and blow smoke in you. Oh, you're great. You're a mighty leader. Oh, ooh, if I only had a worship leader like you. If I only had a teacher like you. If I only had a Sunday school leader like you. Oh, if I only had an assistant like you. Hey, that smoke, and you're like, just, uh, tell me more, tell me more. Everybody okay? Listen, listen. Smoke doesn't let you see clear. How many know when there's smoke, you can't see things clear? Remember, your pastor cares for you. Don't let the devil and people lie to you. Don't let the devil pollute you. Don't let the devil mess with you. Someone say, guard yourself. So say, guard your heart. Your pastor has been speaking into you. Your pastor has been, has been depositing things in you. Some say, catch it. But when you keep your ears open for foolish talk, then you yourself become the fool and get fooled out of your ministry and fooled out of your blessing. I've seen a lot of people fall for smoke. I've seen a lot of leaders fall for smoke. And I told them, what are you doing? Watch what people speak into you. You got to watch what kind of preaching you're listening to. I'm telling you, it's very important. Well, he's a pastor. Why do you listen to him? Yeah, but it's contradicting everything your pastor's preaching. You got to watch yourself. You got to watch what you're reading. Leaders, how you feed yourself determines how you lead. It's very important that you feed yourself properly. Amen? So deal with the independent spirit that comes. Deal with other people's input. It's funny how people always want to say things that, let me say as much as this, it's funny how people always have an opinion or people always have an idea, but they won't do it themselves. Next time someone tells you something, well, no, I'll just leave that one alone. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'll let that one go. Listen, Kevin Church leaders, please. After dealing and overcoming the independent spirit, Elisha, and protecting himself from people's inputs, you can begin to move and develop this thing like Elijah did. An exploding Leadership. Some say extreme leadership. leadership. You'll begin to do extreme things. You'll begin to function in greatness. You'll begin to function in everything that you desire. Go to 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. When you have a seat now. 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 11 says these words. Then it happened as a continue on talking that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elijah saw it and he cried out, my father, my father, chariots of Israel and his horsemen. So he saw him no more and he took up his own cloth and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elisha that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, where 
is the Lord God of Elisha. And when he had also had struck the waters, it also divided this way and that way, and Elisha crossed over. Wow, he crossed over into his leadership. Listen to what I'm gonna say. He picked up the mantle that had fallen church. Elisha started to function as if Elijah was there with him. He began to function as a great leader as his leader was next to him. Listen to what I'm going to say. He functioned as a leader like if he was still following. In other words, he did what he was taught. He seen his pastor before they went to where they were at take the mantle off, strike the water. They crossed over. So whatever took place, the transition that took place there, the importation, the, the shifting of the anointing, the transferring of the anointing of God, the mantle being transferred to the next generation, all he did was what he was taught. Leader, you can only do as much as you're taught. Hmm. Catch what I'm about to tell you right now. This is very important. He picked up and moved greatly because he also was able to understand what it was to be a leader. Elisha became an Elijah, but the scriptures say a double portion was on what? Elisha. Wow. Elisha was a faithful man. Elisha was a faithful leader. He was a loyal leader. He was a trustworthy leader and had the right motives. That's why God made him great. Someone say motives. Motives are very important, guys. Having the right motive in leadership. The Bible records that he did almost twice the healing and twice the miracle as Elijah. We have to understand that God sees our heart, guys, and our motives. Well, they're, if they're in the right place, and if they're in the right place, they will honor God. Come on, somebody, give the Lord a great clap offering, amen. I want the worship team to make their way up here. Following your leader is what you're going to be doing when you're leading, if not greater. Listen to what, listen to what I said. Following your leader is what you're going to be doing when you're leading, if not greater. So ask me how you're following, I'll tell you how you're going to lead. If you can't follow instructions, then you're going to be a very, very, very rugged leader. And if you're a rugged leader right now, let's fix it. I was a rugged leader. I had to fix a lot of things. But I was willing to what? Fix it. I was willing to accept that I needed to become a greater leader. I need to fix some things. Church, I'm telling you here today, leaders, God wants you to become great and mighty. You have to be open. Somebody say open. open. You have to be open to be taught, to be trained and formed for the ministry under your pastor. You have to allow yourself to obtain the heart of your pastor. Elisha obtained the heart of Elijah. Even though he went through all the different things, all the different transitions, even when everybody tried to tell him all these weird things, he said, no. See, I, I, I can tell you, being with my pastor, I've learned to obtain his heart. I learned to grab a hold of his heart. People will say, well, you know what your pastor did? No, who cares? I don't, so I've done worse. They'll try to splot the man of God. And I'll tell people all the time, well, what about you? What about your sins? What about, what about you? And then, and then I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm trying to help you because, because the people always try to rob you from your destiny. Not, every, not everybody believes in your vision. Not everybody believes in how you train and how you disciple. Listen to what I'm going to tell you today. I'm going to be really transparent with you. I've, I've, I've discipled a lot of pastors. 
discipled a lot of men, thousands. And I've had some depart, separate. Have some separate. And I had to check myself, Edgy, am I doing what's right? Am I doing what's right? And God spoke to me, he says, Edgy, he said, you got two or three who got weird, but thousands that are doing good. Everything's fine. Weigh the consequences. Because the devil will try to lie to you, pastor. The same way he likes to sons and daughters, he likes to fathers and shepherds. And I had to sit there and say, okay, Lord. God told me, still do what you're doing. Continue training. Continue discipling. Continue raising up men. Continue planting churches. Continue having conference. And I had to continue doing these things. Why? Because the enemy not only does he lie to the sons and daughters, but he lies to the fathers. He lies to shepherds. So I'm telling you today, guys, let's obtain the heart of our pastor. Come on, somebody. Amen. Let's obtain. Sons, obtain the heart of the pastor. Fathers, keep the heart of your pastor. Listen to what I'm saying. Sons, obtain the heart of your pastor. Fathers, obtain the heart of your pastor. Let's all stand tonight, church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. The word obtain means for my benefit to be established, to be effective. God, God really spoke to you. They're coming, it's coming. You, you, you want the heart of your pastor, you come, you come. You need to get past some of the challenges that you're going through and you need to come. Some of you know what you need to deal with. You need to come now, 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 now. The altars are open now. This is the place where you lay everything down. This is the place where you let everything go. This is the place where you deal with the independent spirit, other people's input, so that you will have extreme leadership, that you will be effective. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Leaders, grab a hold, grab a hold. For your benefit. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.